Hello and welcome to the Global City Missions podcast. The podcast is hosted by Global City Mission Initiative. This is Seth Bouchel, GCMI's team leader in New York. And today we'll be addressing the topic, training disciples to be leaders. I've spoken before on the podcast about our strategy at GCMI, that we're trying to disciple people in ways that are simple and reproducible enough that they, as they grow as disciples, can become disciple makers. And we've spoken before about some of our evangelistic tools and particularly about Discovery Bible Study, which is a primary tool for us in starting new house churches. And these are structures that are highly reproducible and they help people grow as they're maturing as disciples to disciple others. But most of the tools that we've talked about so far have tended to focus on the early stages of evangelism and formation. So today I want to talk about one of the tools we use when training more mature leaders as disciple makers. And this is a tool that we call the training wheel. One of the principles that our team is pretty passionate about is that discipleship is not a formula and it's not really linear either. So when we're thinking about how to teach and train people for ministry in the kind of diverse mosaic uh, of an urban context, we need tools that don't just reproduce content, but that reproduce kinds of relationships that are conducive to making disciples. In the case of Discovery Bible Study, as we talked about in a previous podcast, we have a tool that helps create groups with a culture of seeking and mutual ministry and self-correction around the authority of Scripture. And we like DBS for that reason. But when it came time to creating a similar tool for leadership development, our team had to first ask the question, uh, what kind of relationships mature leaders should have with others? And the qualities that we identified are as follows. Uh, leaders listen and leaders help others identify and reflect on the movement of God in themselves and in their communities. Uh, leaders help others discern and leaders cast vision for growth and ongoing obedience to God's spirit. So the training wheel is the result of experimenting with a few different ways of trying to help form types of relationships that embody these kinds of principles and the kind of character that we want to see in leaders. Um, you could say that it's a structure for helping to build and navigate the types of relationships that leaders of churches and discipling networks need to be able to have with others. And so let's take a look at the wheel and talk a bit about how we use it in our ministry. I usually start off explaining it like this. Uh, and these are to people that are in a DBS or that I've had an evangelistic relationship with and have been discipling. I say the life of a disciple is like a wheel. It's made up of three parts. At the hub of the wheel, which is the center of movement, is solitude. And solitude is where our relationship with God takes place initially. It's the inner life from which we pray and one of the places that we try and listen to hear God's voice. The spokes of the wheel represent community. Community is the support that makes the wheel able to function and move. Uh, without solitude, there's no place for community to be anchored. And without community, there's no way for the energy generated in solitude to healthily move to ministry. The outer rim of the wheel is ministry. And though ministry seems like the largest segment of the wheel, it's actually the most dependent. Without the other two spheres, the rim of the wheel has no purpose or structure. Without solitude and community, ministry collapses. And so when we're developing mature disciple makers and leaders, we want to make sure that we're in touch with all three components of their life as a disciple. And we want to help others think through these three dimensions of their life, solitude, community, and ministry, in a way that helps them step deeper into mature obedience to Jesus' call to disciple making. And so there are three questions that go along with the wheel, one for each sphere. 
and the person facilitating the conversation can ask clarifying or follow-up questions as is appropriate. The first question dealing with solitude is, what is God doing in you? And I think it's important that we phrase it in you rather than in your life or for you, because we're seeking to bring about reflection and meditation on what God is up to in our interior lives. Um, and in my experience of facilitating the wheel, typical answers to this question either identify character traits or they identify practices. So I generally tell my leaders that I'm training, you know, whichever one is talked about, ask about the other one. So if someone says, uh, what God is doing in me is giving me patience. The follow-up question might be something like, that's great. What practices have you been doing that you see helping you learn patience? Or if someone says, oh, I see God working in me because I'm reading my Bible every day. The follow-up question could be, what fruit have you seen that practice producing in you? Basically, we're focused on the interior life for this question. And the one facilitating the wheel is functioning as a quasi-spiritual director, trying to ask good, reflective questions that help the participant to examine their own maturation and habits and discover the movement of God in their interior lives. The second question focuses on community. We ask, what do you see God doing in the people around you? In my experience, this also usually gets two kinds of answers. Uh, people either notice good things or they notice bad things in others. And if they see good things happening in the lives of those around them, I generally encourage my leaders to follow up by asking, you know, what can you do to encourage or affirm what you see happening in so-and-so? If they see bad things, uh, for example, I've heard people say on numerous occasions, oh, I see that God is punishing so-and-so because they make stupid decisions. Uh, the follow-up question might be something like, what do you think God wants to use you for in that relationship? Or what do you need to do in that relationship to help disciple them? Basically, we're trying to teach people to be more active in the way that they form and disciple those around them, especially in their house church community. And this kind of accountability has been very fruitful for our church groups as it doesn't always inductively occur to participants to tell each other when they see growth or maturation in one another's lives. Um, and often affirmation of others in seeing the transformation that goes on goes a lot further than our own self-assessment. The third question is pretty straightforward, but it's been essential in challenging the perspective of a lot of our discipled people. Um, the third question for ministry we ask, where is God leading you in trying to disciple others? And I think it's important that the question is future-oriented. It's not about reflecting on recent ministry, but about discerning ongoing calling and vision. We spoke about Discovery Bible Study in episode 11 of the podcast, so if you missed it, go back and listen to it. And DBS is our primary tool for beginning new house church groups. But one of the things that our team noticed about DBS is that even though people share with others, and that's one of the questions in Discovery Bible Study, you know, who can you share with? Uh, people were sharing, but they often didn't take responsibility for those relationships and they didn't necessarily see themselves growing as disciple makers because the question was in DBS, you know, who can you share with people generally shared, but there often wasn't a sense that they were being formed as ministers or able to disciple and form other people. They just shared. And so the wheel has been a helpful and complementary tool in shifting people's perspectives about their ministry relationships and in shifting their self-assessment, uh, but it's also created a context to coach and direct individuals in developing prayer practices and community relationships. So with each question, we want to listen well to the reflections of other people. And it may be appropriate to ask, 
uh, as they're answering questions, that in what way they decided that an insight or an opportunity came from God. And the goal in asking these sort of reflection questions is to help the disciple maker in training be self-aware and how they come to identify God's movement in their life. You know, if we can't articulate the reasons for our conclusions, which we often can't, they may not be well-formed and they may not be very grounded. Uh, those reflections may be little more than the projection of our own fears or neediness or shadow side. And the type of accountability question we're talking about helps to teach us to identify where the feelings and leadings coming from in our discernment uh, are grounded and to see the ways that we might be hearing our own interior voice and mistaking it for God's. And it's important in asking these kind of accountability and reflection questions that we don't phrase it as a why. Uh, why questions can often make people feel attacked and they become defensive in their reflections. So phrasing it like, uh, how did you know that was from God? Or where did you learn that from? And maybe a better phrasing than, you know, why do you think that, etc. So these are the three parts of the wheel. Um, what is God doing in you? What is God doing in the people around you? Where is God leading you and discipling others? And I want to take a moment now to talk about some of the strategic advantages that our team has identified, at least for our approach to ministry in using the training wheel tool. Uh, the first reason that we find it advantageous is that the wheel is holistic. The focus on a leader is on formation, it's on vision casting, it's on reflection, recapitulation. Uh, and this keeps the intention of leadership development on the person and not on the results of their work because results are ultimately beyond their control. Walking through their wheel, we want to bring others into examination and reflection on what God is transforming in their heart and in their community. And this is a very basic Ignatian exercise, which helps them to step into the arena of spiritual formation. The rim of the wheel, rather than be an assessment of current ministry, as we said already, uh, is for missional vision casting and discerning God's continuing call. And I think this helps preserve the missional DNA of the disciple-making process as focus remains on where God is continuing to grow and start new things. Uh, the second advantage is that the wheel is very simple. Uh, it's an image, and images are much more easily remembered than concepts. And this hedges against us using a tool that's not reproducible because it's too difficult to teach to other people or too dis difficult to remember how to facilitate. Um, it's easy to remember three questions, especially if there's a mental picture to go with them. And so by using the mnemonic device of a wheel, it makes this a very reproducible and simple tool. One of the final advantages is that the wheel is conversational. Um, you know, early in our ministry, one of the things that we ran into is that the leadership tools that we were using were too complex for most people to remember without a script in front of them. And they weren't natural for engaging other people that they didn't have those kinds of formal and uh, maybe even hierarchical conversations in their everyday life. And so we needed to use a, a leadership tool that was as relational as the real ministry connections that were forming in our churches. Now, after the first generation of church planning, the leaders of the next wave of evangelism and disciple making, they need a formation tool that is as organic as their evangelistic experience. In other words, we need to form leaders within the same culture that we form disciples because it doesn't do us any good to be highly relational and very organic in the disciple making process, but then to require very formal institutional uh, information heavy formation of leaders. You know, that ultimately kills movement. 
And so the wheel is helpful then because it's easy enough to do in a normal relational setting. Even if one were just to talk through the questions conversationally, rather than explain the intention of the exercise, the training wheel could still easily make its way into normal everyday interactions as the disciple maker just says, you know, hey, uh, catch me up. What, what has God been doing in you? So that's the training wheel, and it's our primary tool right now for the development of leaders and mature disciple makers in movement. I want to leave you off with this challenge this week. Uh, how can you, in your own ministry, begin to model leadership for others in a way that demonstrates a capacity for listening, for helping others in reflection and discernment, and that casts vision for God's ongoing call? And how can you do that in ways that are simple and reproducible enough that others can emulate that same approach in discipling others? And if you don't have an answer to that question, I would recommend trying out the training wheel. But if you do find some helpful tools uh, that get at those two things, we at GCMI would love to hear back from you because we're always trying to learn and improve the tools that we use in discipling others. So thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Global City Mission podcast. You can learn more about GCMI at our website at globalcitymission.org or by visiting us on our Facebook and Twitter.